Welcome, everybody, to another podcast with Retire Ready Solutions. I have Alex Dancy here, managing director with his company on the 401k side. has got some exciting stories, grown a business in the 401k world. Welcome, Alex. Wonderful to have you. Thanks, Ed, for having me. I appreciate it. Why don't we tell people a little bit about your business, a little bit of what you just told me prior to getting started. Sure. So um, I've been in the business since 2003. I dabbled in 401ks. And then in 2008, I decided to go full time into focusing on the uh, defined contribution space. And uh, over that time, uh, I built my practice up to 31 companies uh, currently. So I'm adding uh, about three, uh, three to four a year. You know, the, the participants and my clients have never had uh, a lot of the handholding because they're smaller businesses. So uh, my book of business right now just uh, eclipsed 100 million. It's about 105 million, 31 companies. So the average uh, plan is about 3 million with 75 people. And uh, when I discovered the retire ready reports, um, it was really a gem because uh, none of the record keepers were offering this. Um, they have great tools online, but not as specific. So uh, I gravitated towards that. And it's been fantastic to have that in my toolbox. And we'll get down there a little bit, and I appreciate the kind words, but look, what obstacles do you find in your business? So there's multiple. Um, the biggest obstacle is just reaching uh, the participants, and to me that's the most important thing. And when you have a an hourly workforce, that makes it uh, a challenge. And uh, I have a lot of apartment management company clients, and so – you know, they'll have 50 to 100 different apartment complexes they manage. So getting to those people uh, is nearly impossible face-to-face. But through the retire ready reports and emailing those out, I, uh, I have a connectivity with them. And the other uh, thing I offer is that uh, they can schedule time with me until 10 o'clock at night to go over those reports, uh, Monday through Thursday. But Fridays, I shut down at 5. That's probably the biggest challenge. And where are you at if we didn't go there? Uh, sure. So uh, I'm in North Georgia, uh, a little town called Cumming, Georgia. So Atlanta is my market. Okay. You mentioned you emailed those reports to participants. What's their response when they get those reports? So I'd probably say it's the old 80-20 rule. 80% don't respond, but the 20% that do respond, uh, we walk through that. And usually those people are putting themselves at a contribution rate equal to what the company's matching. And I told them, look, you know, just because you're putting in 5% and getting the 4%, it's not going to get you there. Let's take a look at, you know, what this means in real dollars with these assumptions. And my assumptions are pretty conservative. I look at a 6% growth uh, long-term and 4% growth in retirement. And, you know, you can obviously, you know, change this any way you want. But uh, I always ask them if they have a spouse, if they'd like to have them on the phone with them. And I spent an hour uh, last week uh, with a couple up in Boston. And so it was great. They got to sit down and we looked at uh, the report that I emailed them. And we discussed what their social security statements uh, were looking like. And we combined those uh, uh, together to look at what their monthly income would be. And they were like, this is not enough. And so this one individual uh, decided that he was gonna move his contribution rate from 7% to 15. So just by that 8% increase, is going to, I think, help him long-term, and he's got another 20 years. So obviously we can't promise uh, returns, but with the assumptions, things look brighter for him. His wife is excited as well. You put a value on earlier uh, reaching the participants. You said it's, it's important to you. What makes that important to your business? 
uh, it helps me uh, stay motivated um, because if uh, I'm not helping people, I, you know, I don't think I could do a job. Uh, I feel like uh, what we're doing is really important and it'll affect generations. So if someone can position themselves where they're not going to be a liability on their children, um, I call that the sandwich generation, and I just say, look, you're the top of the bread. Your kids are going to be the, the meat and cheese, and your grandkids are going to be the bottom of the bread, and all three generations will be living together if you don't start saving more. So don't be a liability to your to your adult children when you're in your 70s. Um, and then the other conversation is with the CFO and the business owner. Uh, you know, They can increase the value of their business if – uh, they can have people leaving on their own terms at, say, age 65 versus hanging out into their 70s. Uh, that creates higher salaries, uh, puts more of a burden on the uh, on the benefits for the group medical. So there's lots of positives that these reports can do for the investment committee, the business owner, and then obviously the uh, participant as well as their children. Let's talk a little bit more about that plan sponsor and your interaction with them. What is their reaction after you start using this report with the participants? So at first they're you're questioning whether or not they're going to understand that. And so what I always do is offer a group presentation, uh, either uh, live at the office. So a lot of my businesses are single offices. And then obviously on the ones that have multiple locations, we will do a, a WebEx. And then what I do is I schedule individual consultations after that to go through them. And really, once you've studied these reports as the financial advisor, um, it's just like riding a bike. Uh, you you learn the, the lingo. You learn how to flow through the document. Obviously, I'm not going to touch on every single piece of it, but the ones that I think are most impactful are the paycheck portion of the uh, report, uh, which shows the uh, difference in take-home pay. And then obviously the uh, monthly income uh, projections based on uh, their current contribution rate and future contribution rates. And then if they say, well, I'm going to think about it, then I fall into the middle of the report to say, well, if you wait, let's assume you do wait to increase your contribution rate by X percent. I can assume that you're going to lose this much money based on the fact that the market grew at X percent. And I, you know, I, I'll walk them through that, but once they understand that, that there is a, uh, loss due to uh, time and not being at an increased contribution rate, uh, they figure that out. And if we could just get people to you know, think about increasing their contribution rates by even 1% per year for the rest of their careers until they max out the IRS limit, I mean, the, the country would be better off. When prospecting, do you use the participant gap report? Absolutely. Everyone. And what's that look like? And, Does it make a difference in, in, in their response? Absolutely. Uh, and I asked them, I said, I asked them, are their participants receiving this type of information? Is the advisor out there talking to them about their specific situation? And do they have the capability of showing what they would have to budget if they increase their contribution rates? And so when you go out and you meet with somebody, you tell them to increase their contribution rate by, say, 2% in the report, and they're paid, say, 50000 a year, which is nine sixty-two a week, and they increase it 2% after taxes, that's like 14 or $15 a week. And I've had some guys laugh, and they say, that's beer money. I'm like, absolutely. So they want to increase it 2%. They'll go in, and I'll say, I'm going to increase an additional 6%. I'll go from 5 to 11 versus 5 to 7. And so once those participants get engaged, I rarely ever see them 
increase their contribution rate just one or two percent. It's usually four, six, and sometimes even eight percent. So, um, yeah. So for prospecting, it's a great tool. Have you been to a trustee meeting after the reports have been used and gotten feedback from the trustees on the value that report has to them? Yeah, the uh, the trustees, usually the business owner or slash president, um, and even the VP of HR will tell me stories. Um, and uh, there was one where I had a company, they had an in-house attorney, and I was sitting down with a participant going through the report, and then she left crying. And the uh, in-house attorney came into the conference room where I was conducting these one-on-one sessions, and he's like, what did you say to her? And I showed her the report, and then we put those numbers together into her situation, and she was crying because she was so happy. She didn't realize that it wasn't too late. So that report changed her life. And that attorney smiled, and he said, thank you, Alex, for being here for our, our, our participants. So, yeah, that was, you know, that made me feel good. Uh, another lady that I helped out, um, she was facing an eviction from her apartment, and we made some changes. And now she's uh, cash flow positive with her income and her expenses. We, we talked about her situation. And she just told me recently that she's looking at buying her first home. So, you know, what did that report do for that person? It made her be a, become a homeowner. And that was the leading tool to get her in that direction versus being evicted from her apartment. So budgeting and then this report, those combined. And I have different budgeting tools I use, uh, but... You know, those are the days where you're like, all right, I cannot wait to get to work tomorrow to go and do my next uh, education workshop and meet with participants. I love that. That's awesome. You've given me a couple of fun stories. Do you have another story or two that go, you know, this was really worth my time to work with participants? Sure. So um, I've done so many of these that, you know, that I, I guess the main thing is, is that people don't realize and understand money and the way it works and how it works after taxes and and just just having the the long term five year ten year and retirement numbers those different tables in the report can really be eye opening and so uh, in my opinion Ed your software should be required software for people to learn to get a high school diploma it really should be. Um, because it doesn't matter if they work for a company that has a 401k. This stuff could also be used in a simple IRA or an IRA account. People just need to understand that. So all three of my kids, my youngest one's only 14 at this time, but um, all my kids uh, are working that are teenagers. And so I require them to put away 10% of their pay. And they've seen these reports. So, you know, it, it, it hits home as well. These are fun stories. Yeah. What would you tell They're somebody great. who hasn't who hasn't seen our software, who hasn't looked at it, um, since it's out in the four hundred one k participant world? What would you tell them? Why do you why use this? Yeah. the The question I have for them is why are you not using it? Because uh, you know I work with eighteen different record keepers. Um, you know all the big ones. You know the Fidelities, the Empowers, the John Hancock's, the Cunas. I mean. Mass Mutual, Transamerica, you name it. No one has this software. And it's a uh, software that requires uh, precise data because you have to go into the payroll. But once you get that, 
uh, it's worth its weight in gold. So I would encourage other advisors to start using that as part of their practice and make time for it. How hard do you find it to get the data from the, the record keeper, the plan sponsor? How hard is it to get the data and get it in, in the system? So the, uh, the plan sponsor uh, generally will have, um, you know, some what I call learning patterns to, to populate the data. What I think the, they under, need to understand is that as long as we can get the tax data, um, if the if the names are in, you know, if the first and last name are in one column or two columns or whatever that uh, turns out to be, we can massage that data. But once they figure out the, the long-term effect on how this is going to help the company, um, you know, I think they finally realized that on the second round. So I have some companies that are doing the second round on this and they're, they're popping it out. So once you get over that first uh, occurrence of doing this, um, that first hurdle, after that, it should be pretty easy and simple form. The data from the uh, service providers uh, getting the asset data is pretty simple. Um, I've got one plan that has eight different sources and, you know, we just take seven of those sources and add them together for the pre-tax. And then of course we have the, uh, the Roth, but once we've got that, it's pretty simple. So yeah, it's not a huge headache. Any other comments before we wrap up? Um, I would just say that Ed, you guys are doing a great job. I hope that you all continue to do this because I plan on working another 17 years and uh, I hope you don't go anywhere. <laughs> so. well, thank you. I appreciate your time, Alex. It was, you know, some fun stories. I just did a uh, podcast with some another individual published soon on the 403B side, talked about somebody crying in the same vein that you talk about it, just the delight of helping somebody who doesn't understand how well they're doing and that they can make it. Um, and uh, that's wonderful you know, to hear. It's a lot of fun to help participants engage. I tell my employees we're in the poverty alleviation business and we're helping America retire successfully. I appreciate your time and wish you the best in the marketplace today. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Ed, for having me.